Your hair is being tossed. You're checking your fingernails. You're feeling good as hell, aren't you? I'm feeling so good. So, so good. After a win, I won a game in fantasy football. One of the most improbable yeah. things, but also made some sense. Yeah. I'm like, there's no way Tyler Lockett's not getting one more catch in the entire second half. Look what happens. The Seattle Seahawks are a mess. He caught his first ball for like 52 yards or something. And I'm like, okay, sick. All I see is this fucking guy running down the sideline. I'm like, yep, yeah, it's over. Finishes with three catches for, I believe, 96 yards. And he finishes... 0.1 points shy of what he needs for Christian Genera to come up with a win. Tones. You know what I was doing on Monday night? I was holding, hold, hold him up, hold him up. Hold I'll let you take that one. Hell yeah. Holy crap. Good times. That was a lot of fun to watch, even for me. I was very much enjoying it. The game was shit, but I was very much enjoying watching the fantasy matchup. I just had it open on my screen the entire time. It was, and I was being very honest in the group chat. I really just wanted to watch Spider-Man. I'm doing like a Marvel dive ahead of the new Spider-Man movie. Like I'm just, I'm catching up on all my stuff. And I'm like, I can't leave this. I just want Genera to win so I can get this out of the way. And I couldn't because it was so compelling. Thank goodness that I stuck around to watch history in the making. Better than spending $25,000 to watch a movie. You heard, you've seen this, right? I did. Did yeah. Mike post it in, our, in the Holman Dick chat or the or another one? Mike Rich. Somebody well, yeah. posted that like... It was in ours, yeah. It was a fucking uh, $25,000 to go see a movie, which yeah. I'm like, huh? It was on eBay or something? Ridiculous. So dumb. Might have been actually in the other chat, but that's fine. Right now, CRG would pay $25K for... One more locket catch, I think. Oh, damn. Hey, so I got to just say something, Tones. There's something that's very important that no one wants to hear, but we've been waiting since week two to have this discussion. And Tones, the discussion is that for the first time in 10 weeks, we are both victorious on the same week. Do you know, Tones, what that means? Oh, shit, Doris. Oh, boy. It's time to party. We both won on the same week. Woo! Woke up the neighbors. Don't care. We, we won. We have a combined six wins this year. That's less than Nick has on the whole season. Okay. Bitch. And we vowed in week two to play this song when we won on the same week. It hasn't happened We're in so 10 weeks. Young. We're so young. So naive. Little did we know. This season would be a bloodbath for us. Two Not good. Two and a half months have gone by since we've done this together. It's disgusting. Next year, 13 wins each. Going to be wild. Oh, yeah. It's going to be, man. If we don't fucking collectively, like, we need to set our over-under at some point preseason next year of how many wins we should have. We should have a lot. We should. I'm putting a high standard on us, Doors. We got to come correct at that draft next year. We All should, right? We should be the bookies. No more. I'm looking at you. I'm pointing at you. Oh. No more what? crunch at the last week draft research. Pick it up here, all right? I can April, agree. you and I better be watching that draft going, stupid move by the Steelers, another receiver. That's it. Throw him <laughs> out. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. Right. I did great research this year. Did you, though? I just didn't take Jamar Chase because he couldn't see the ball that nah, morning. Nah, nah, nah. Nah. That's Whatever. bad research. It's bad research. All right. Tones. Let's go on to football from this past week yeah, yeah. you've got some numbers and there is uh some season looking running back stuff that you gotta you gotta talk about man it's just been a disaster it's just been a disaster this year and i don't think we fully understand or fully grasp how ridiculous this season has been 
I'm going to walk you through it here. This Please. week we lost CMC again. Yeah. We lost Dalvin Cook again. Yeah. I lost DeAndre Swift. RIP. Yeah. Thursday seems like eight hours, eight fucking years ago. I know. Um, it's been, I'm missing somebody this week, but either way, the top 24 running backs in fantasy football this year. Okay. I'm going to spew out some numbers. There's basically been four in the top 24 that have been actually good to this point in time from the start of the season. Yeah. The top five alone, McCaffrey, who has played six games. I'm pretty sure he's played like seven in the last two years total. I know. I played three or Awful. four last year. Dalvin Cook, hurt for the second time. Alvin Kamara, apparently coming back. He's been out for a few weeks. Yeah. And the team's shit. Derrick Henry, IR. Saquon Barkley, he's missed a ton of time. When he's been healthy, hasn't even been that good. Yep. Jonathan Taylor, woo! What a stud. Well, there's a saving grace so far. Saving grace. Gets Zeke ugly, though. was great. Now he's been playing hurt half the year. Nick Chubb, he missed three games. He's still good, though. Austin Eckler, stud. Cam Akers, IR. Aaron Jones, he's missed some time. Coming back now, was he 100% in that game? Probably not. More on that later. Joe Mixon, out of fucking nowhere. Let's go. Stud. Uh, Najee Harris, pretty good. Yep. Antonio Gibson, been playing hurt all year. DeAndre Swift was great. Now hurt. Unfortunate. These are these are my words, folks. This is Graham Barfield on Twitter. He's got the whole list. Check it out. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, trash, missed five games. J.K. Dobbins, IR. Miles Sanders, he's missed three games. Josh Jacobs, missed two games. Stinks, playing hurt. Chris Carson, IR. Where has he been? Dead. <laughs> Retired. R.I.P. David Montgomery, he's missed four games. He's back now. Is he healthy? We don't fucking know. Travis Etienne, remember that fucking guy chilling on your IR? Dead. Yeah. James Robinson, all this says is Jags, dead. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. And last but not least, Kareem Hunt, who's missed five games, and that team's a dumpster fire. It's been a disaster. I know that was probably hard to follow through audio. No, no, it was. But I'm going to no. post it in our chat after this pod. It's just start, like, it is alarming to look at. Like, all of us should have just drafted six fucking handcuffs in the draft and just like held on for dear life. And I don't really have an explanation because last year with the no training camp, really, um, I mean, training camp, but they didn't have a preseason. We expected that there were going to be injuries, COVID yeah. ravaged season. We understand. We have an extra week in this NFL season, which is an easy way for people to say, oh, guys are going to get hurt more. But you're not going to see or hear about those injuries until later, because until this point of the season, it's been a normal NFL season. The extra week really doesn't feel like it takes effect until the final week of the season. I wonder about that. I wonder if they train different. I wonder if there's because that extra week, that's a lot of extra miles, man. That's four extra practices. That's a lot of extra shit. So I wonder if like training staffs are like. Hey, we got to ramp it down. You know what I mean? Maybe there's less Maybe. fucking training going on, actual like in the gym, like working out that kind of stuff and keeping your body loose and fresh. And then you're just pulling more hammies. I don't know. Maybe it's just all bad luck. We don't have the answers. We are not fantasy football gods, We're clearly, not, yeah. based on our records. So, you know, who knows? But I hope next year is a lot fucking better because this is gross. You man. mentioned almost, you mentioned 24 guys on that list. Yeah. My big takeaway was Chris Carson, you said should probably retire. He will in the offseason, and Janera will take him in the first round next year without knowing. Christian, don't do it. Hold on. Is he kept? No, no. He's retired. You sure you want him still? Shame. Give me Chris Carson, he Love says. Chris. What a poor guy, man. Fucking great player. So good. All right. Let's do some matchup stores. Let's do it. We're going to start with Ryan and Dan, a big marquee coming into the week, and it kind of lets one of these two guys down. Ryan is now 10-2 and two as he defeats Dan. Dan is 5-7, and seven, and again, on the outside looking in. Gross! 
Dan entered Monday Night Football down by 24 with McLaurin to play. Obviously, it doesn't pan out. Dan has now lost two straight. He remains in seventh. Dan, however, does gain some ground on Mike in the points scored for sixth place. So he's got Mike and Rich remaining on his schedule. His season basically comes down to next week. Mm. More on that later. You want to talk quickly about Aaron Jones? Yeah. As a longtime Aaron Jones owner and follower of the Packers, I'm sure CRG can remember this from last year, they were notoriously safe at bringing back Adams and Jones last year from nagging injuries. And I was, for one, was totally shocked that he played this week. Yeah, he practiced, limited basis. Okay, cool. The injury happened like nine days prior to that game. Like yeah. they said he was going to be out a couple weeks. I knew they had the bye next this now this week. So I'm like, they're not going to play him. They're going to bring him back. He's going to have a week of freshness. He's going to come back in week whatever. What will it be? 15? And sure. just be fucking ready to hit the ground running for their playoff run. I guess they really valued this Rams game as like a must win game for them. Even though the Rams, I don't know, like Dylan's been pretty solid. Like did they really need Aaron Jones? Uh, to beat the Rams. Clearly, they didn't. He finished with 10 carries for 23 yards. He's healthy. You gotta start him. Like, that's just unfortunate, man. Meanwhile, Dylan, 17 points on the bench. Just unfortunate for Dan. Just a shitty situation. I don't blame him. It just sucks. The worst part about this is when the Aaron Jones injury happens, we instantly find out he's going to be multiple week injury. Multiple week. You said it. Yeah. Possibly week 15. So what does Dan do to react to that situation? He immediately mm-hmm. trades a third round pick to Franco to get a guy who he had already traded away. You made the comment, tough piece of business. You know what's even tougher than that? That guy who you traded for being moved into a backup role just a mere week later because the team decides that Aaron Jones is going to come back early. So Dan puts Dylan on his bench, a guy that he traded that pick for. Remember, Dan doesn't have a pick for the first five rounds. Yeah. Then he puts Jones in the lineup and has a complete dud. And that could have been a huge difference maker in this mm-hmm. matchup if he mm-hmm. could have had a, a true RB1 in that spot, soaking up all of the carries and the targets. 100%. That's a huge changing of the... And Dan needed this win. He needed it. I do. I don't blame him for the Jones. I don't blame him for this situation this week, but I do blame him for this one. Miles Sanders starting in the flex over Elijah Mitchell, my boy, is a tough one for me. Miles Sanders going against the Giants on the road. I know they've been running the ball more. I know Mitchell had that injury thing all week, but like he's starting, he's playing, he's gotten all of the work in the Niners' backfield. He's the fucking dude. I've said it for two weeks now. I don't know what more people need to see from this guy. On top of that, he's catching a shitload of passes all of a sudden. Why are you rolling the dice with Miles Sanders and that Eagles offense? It's just a weird choice to me. I I, I agree with you. The only thing I will say is with the Eagles, the Eagles basically decided randomly to commit to the run as soon as Miles Sanders went down. Yeah. Okay. Jordan Howard steps in and goes bananas. Boston Scott goes bananas. And Jalen Hurts and those two guys combined for like 220 rushing yards against your team, a mm-hmm. team that stops the run, mm-hmm. which was bonkers. Mm-hmm. So fast forward now a couple weeks, Miles Sanders is back. Congratulations. Welcome back into the team. Um, Jordan Howard was not playing this week for the Eagles. So you assume against this shitty Giants team, Jalen Hurts is not going to throw. He didn't. He threw for 129 yards and almost somehow won that game. Yeah. That's besides the point. Yes, the Eagles ran the ball, but Miles Sanders wasn't 
totally effective. I mean, 7.1 yards a carry is great. Dan is looking at this as a multi-touchdown performer. Mm. It could be a huge boom week. And you know what? With a couple tutties, it would have been that. Because he got a decent volume. Yeah, but you but, can't rely on tutties. But Boston Scott outcarried him yeah. by six rushes. Dan can't expect that, but he's basically looking at Howard going down, being like, let the talented guy cook. That is not what happened in this game. Yeah, and I get that reasoning. I understand it. I was just thinking, what do I trust more? I know. I don't trust the Eagles and how they distribute their running back touches. I do trust what the Niners have been showing because they've only been showing, hey, this is the Elijah Mitchell show. Everyone else takes a back seat. You know what I'm saying? Mitchell's been double digits since week seven minus week 10 at the Ram, uh, against the Rams where he had nine points. So, yeah. yeah, he's shown that he can do it. And what does he do? 25 points on Dan's bench. And that is the difference in the matchup. Brutes Magoots. That's tough. Other side, here, other side we go here because yep. we got to talk some Ryan. Yep. Because he's the GOAT. Uh, Cornell Patterson. Corduroy. Chaboy. Yeah. He's the winner this week, buddy. He is um, 108 rushing yards, two touchdowns, two catches, 27 yards. This is our Greg Jennings Performer of the Week. Fuck it. You can't stop me. I mentioned this when Ryan made the trade for Patterson. We talked about the first round pick and how it was a steep price for a waiver wire guy. And if Patterson could be the guy that he has been, except on Ryan's team, this is such a huge acquisition, Mm -hmm. a guy that you can put anywhere up and down your lineup except quarterback, tight end, kicker, defense. Um, But what a huge addition that could be. And this is his first week in Ryan's lineup, and he proves that he is making a huge difference. He's his highest scorer of the week. That includes his quarterback, Lamar Jackson, outscores anyone on his bench. This guy was a star, and we expect more of the same moving forward. This guy could be the difference for Ryan going into the, the playoffs. Did you see that he wants to play defense? I saw that come across my timeline the other day. I didn't And not. I think he's serious. What if he gets a pick six? Does he get points for no, that? No, he does not. <sighs> no. Now, if we had IDPs, this would be a whole different story because no, he would do trash. If you if you know fantasy baseball, a couple of guys in this league do, you know that Shohei Otani has two positions. You mm-hmm. draft him as a pitcher and as a batter. You would have to do that for an IDP as Corderell Patterson. He wouldn't just be able to loop in, but damn, imagine that. It'd be fun. That would be great. There would be an uprising if uh, he did get a pick six. Oh, what yeah. would happen? Um, I just want to say 123 from Ryan this week. We, it's not as big as we've seen him, but the consistency for Ryan has been there. And I will say this because we've been a little off the Ryan's team train and we've really been pumping Rich's tires lately. But let's not forget about Ryan. OK, he gets back Kyler Murray, probably D-Hop and C.D. Lamb. He put up 123 without those guys and Lamar only put up 13. Please, Tones, do not forget about Ryan's team as we move into the playoffs because this guy has been consistent and he's been a little hurt, and his guys are getting healthy again. I've forgotten. That's all I'll say. Me and Rich, going all the way. I'm his number one fanboy. Doris. Do you know what I'll never forget, Tones? Yeah. This matchup. This matchup. You want to do it? Yeah, yeah. I want to do it. Thanks, buddy. Because I just want to let you cook right after. <sighs> Alex, the damn boy, Doria. I just That's made me. that up. What does that mean, the damn boy? No one knows. Uh, You're now three and nine. Wah, wah. You defeat CRG, 5-7. and seven. I got to bring you down a little step. 149.72 to 149.68. Yes, as we all know, 0.04 points, CRG. I'll give you my t-shirt. Cross out the 1.84. Put that one on underneath in big red marker, and you can have it, pal. Doris, how you feeling? This was my Super Bowl. <laughs> so okay? Sad. This was it. Because, Tones, as you learned this week, and we'll talk about you and your matchup, Mm. but as you know, 
when you feel like you have your keepers under wraps and you've picked up a bunch of guys and you've seen what they have and you know where you're at, you just stop caring a little bit and you focus your attention on other things. The mm-hmm. Sopranos, Squid Games, um, you know, whatever else is going on, life. But this... I put up 149 points and I said to myself, even if I lose, mm-hmm. this is massive for mm-hmm. the team's, you know, swagger moving forward into the loser bracket. I love where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. But the win, you know, the win makes you feel complete, makes you feel happy. And to win by such a slim margin. Now, I'll say this. It's not as satisfying beating Genera by 0.04 as it is literally anyone else in the league. He's, you know, quiet, humble, nice guy. Played ball hockey with him last week. We had pizza together before the game. It was a great sport about all this. He was I loved great. It. it was awesome. But imagine I beat Mike by this margin. Yeah. Or you, for that matter. Oh, I'd be in shambles. It would be so great. So I'm not, I'm never going to detract the 0.04. Yeah. And, and it was sweet. It could have been sweeter against anybody else. Now, okay. It was, I wrote down in our document, okay. That Genera entered Monday Night Football down by 11 points with Lockett to go. What I didn't consider is that I should put 11.2 points because he actually only scored 11.1. Oh, it's so hard. It was so a, hard to see. It was the highest scoring team of the week, beating the second highest scoring team of the week. To recap what it means, Genera remains in fifth place in the standings. I remain in ninth ahead of you in ninth place. Mm-hmm. Just I'm ahead of you in the standings, by the way. It's okay. Okay. Couldn't care less. That's all I got for the score. Okay, let's just wipe my hands clean of that. That was a great ride. It was a lot of fun. Like we said off the top, it was great to watch. I love like this time of year for me for fantasy, even if you're in it, like it's just kind of a lull before the playoffs. So getting matchups like this is a lot of fun. Like when you actually get to watch on a primetime island game that everyone, you know, everyone's watching the chats going nuts. It's just it makes fantasy so much fun. I loved it. All right, Doors. We're going to keep S in your D here because we haven't done it enough. Your boy Jalen Waddle, I already know. I don't even care. I don't even care what happens for the next seven months. I know because you're emotional. You're keeping this guy. Nine receptions, 137 yards, and the touchdown. You acquired him hoping this would happen. It's happening. You're going to keep him. I'm. It's going to be hilarious when you actually do because you're going to deny it right now. I don't know. I'm not sure. You're fucking keeping him. I am going to deny it. I am 100%. (laughs) Because I I have to be very real and honest about the state of the Dolphins offense, Mm. right? I have to be real about Tua, their offensive line, and their lack of a run game. And I have to see progression in order for it to get to a place where I'm comfortable. But I'll say this. Jalen Waddle today is a better option than Mike Davis, Chase Claypool, and Josh Jacobs 100%. coming into this past season, which I kept all three of those guys I just named. Mm-hmm. And Waddle right now is my third option, mm-hmm. right? Behind Javante Williams and J.K. Dobbins. Oh, hopefully, Javante locked in, eh? Hopefully those two are the guys that I keep. Now, not look. Dontrell Hilliard? Who? No. Or Darnell Mooney. Who? Sure. Wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. Guy's a stud. Thank you, yep. Mike Dotto. 100%. Again, second year in a row. Your boy Chase? You know, you're off on Chase. Eh? You're done. We'll see. We'll see. Um, um, go ahead. Absolutely. He's been great. And he looked really good in that sun- in that game on Sunday. They're using him a lot of creative ways. I like it a lot. What I like even more is the Cedric Olsen start. All eyes were on Gallup, and you're sneaking in there. Here's seven receptions for 104 yards on 10 targets. 
That was a good little move. I wish I was paying attention this week so I could do it. Did you have him or did you pick him up this week? Picked him up on Wednesday ahead of the yeah. Thanksgiving See, that's game. Just your, you know, that's just the guy who's locked in right there. Well, I wasn't locked in last year and I knew that this year I had to do some things. I knew that I wasn't going to be a playoff team and I have to set myself up for further success than I did coming mm-hmm. into this year because right away I felt the effects of a bad team with bad keepers and it had to turn around. So week by week, I make the joke I'm, I'm disconnected, but I'm locked in. Every week I've got like seven waiver claims in in case four of them <laughs> fail. Like it's a just in case thing, yeah. right? And that's where I'm at this year. Cedric Wilson was like my fifth waiver thing and it came through nice. and it worked out. Now I'll yep. say this. I wanted to start him or Renfro. Renfro actually outperforms him in the same game. Could have been devastating. So great start by me, but also could have actually been devastating if I don't win by 0.04 points. Very true. So that's all for that. You touched on it before at the start of this. Like, you are locked and loaded for the loser bracket. Like, this is exactly what you should be doing if you are selling early and you're just throwing your hands in the air for the rest of the season, just saying, fuck it. Whatever happens, happens. If I lose, I lose. And just in the meantime, in those weeks after, you just keep acquiring guys. You keep taking shots on random fucking dudes and hope they just hit. And eventually you'll get a team that is not actually horrendous. You know what I mean? That's the point of the loser bracket. That's what I love about it so much. And this year is a perfect year for it. Because as we mentioned off the top, all these running backs are dead. So that certainly helps you, right? It gives you, hey, you get one handcuff of a guy that can get 15 to 20 points out of absolutely nowhere. And you got him for free off the waiver wire. You're fucking chilling. You are laughing. My team's trash. And you have my pick. So who cares? That's an easy dub. Franco's team stinks. You're going to beat him. If it's Dan, CRG, even Mike, I kind of like your team. Am I crazy? I kind of like your team better than theirs. It's hard for me to deny that after I put up 149 points. Next week, I could put up 80 and we yeah, could realize that, that this year, right? the volatility of yeah. my team is going to show itself at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. It's easy after this week to say that highest scoring team of the week, but... This is the thing that I want to say about you're talking poise for success here. I had offers for some of the fringe guys, you know, mm-hmm. like the Fryermuth, the Claypools, guys like that. Um, even I want to say Allen Robinson at the time that he actually had, you know, before he was injured. Okay. And guys were looking at it like, hey, I'll give you a sixth. I'll give you a seventh. And I'm like, what does that do for me? I would rather hold on to guys, Robinson excluded, that actually give me a chance in the loser bracket and... I'm not going to trade these guys off just for a pick that means nothing to me. So I actually have a team that can put up points. It makes me feel happy because here we are. For sure. Um, I'm going to come back to my team in just a second. There's one thing I want to say at the end, but let's talk about Christian before we forget about him, okay? Joe Mixon. Never forget about Christian. 30 points this week. He has six touchdowns in the last three games. Mixon has gotten our love in the last couple weeks. He deserves it again. He's had an elite season for a guy that you in another league didn't even want to take this year. Oh my you God. mentioned it a couple times. First round pick, awful. I was so mad. Now I'm ecstatic about it. His last four weeks of scoring, 23, 25, 24, 30 points. And it doesn't look like he's stopping anytime soon. This guy's on fire. And Gennaro's team looks much scarier with him being what he can be. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you about Christian's team. So here's his last five weeks of scoring. 146, 135, 79, 184, 149 in a loss. Never forget. Mm-hmm. Can Christian Genera be this season's Rich Ben? Right now, I'll break it down for you. Right now, Christian sits in fifth place. Do you know who was in fifth place last year when he went on to win the championship? It was Rich. Richard Ben. 
Right now, Christian Genera has more points scored than third place Rob by about 50 points and just a few less than Nick. Genera's putting up points like crazy. Can he be the season's Rich Ben? Let's map it out, okay? Sure. It seems like he's going to play Nick in the first round. Seems like Nick's got the four seed. Yep. Okay. CRG could be the six seed. But either way, I think this actually works for both scenarios. Sure. I think his team could beat Nick's, especially Nano McCaffrey. I think his team is not that much worse than Rob's at this point. Like, yeah, this could happen. Absolutely. Like, if he keeps putting up these numbers and Mixon stays healthy, let's fucking pray to the gods here. I think it could happen. You know me. I'm the guy that thinks anything could happen if you get in. I would love to see it because CRG, as I was texting him when we were talking trade, like, I love that he's going for it. Who the fuck cares? Like, at that point in time, his team was kind of floundering, whatever. Things can change like that in fantasy. Look at those last five weeks. He bought in the middle there, and he's reaping the rewards. 184, 149 the last two weeks. That's exactly why you bolster your team. Guess what? A fourth round pick next year is not going to fucking help you. Yep. Like, it's just it's just a thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I I would love to see it. I would love to see it. And he does the what Rich Ben did last year. He sells Mike Evans. Yeah. Right? And Rich sold Tyreek Is that the Tyree recipe Kill. now? He se- Rich sold Tyreek Kill. Christian sold Mike Evans. And then you do the mini buy. I know Rich got a Stefan Diggs, a guy that he ends up, you know, wins the whole damn thing for him. But let's look at Christian's bench for a second. Amari Cooper. Has not played the last mm-hmm. couple weeks. He has been a solid contributor this He'll year. He'll be back this week. James Conner was on a bye. James Conner the last five weeks mm. has been spectacular. Nothing short of spectacular. So there are pieces in Christian's lineup that aren't quite there right now because of this week, because of buys and injuries. But he put up 149 without these guys. Yeah. And his lineup is producing. And don't forget about Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers finding their form again. Yeah. His team... I don't know, man. I'm, I love it. I'm legitimately scared of his team right now. I'm super with you. Just not this week. Suck on that. Oh! Um, I said it was going to get back to my team for a second. I want to say one thing. Nick Folk, okay? <laughs> we talking kickers. We're talking kickers. Oh my I'm going to put this into perspective for you. Jalen Waddle this year has 142 fantasy points. He is the wide receiver 15. Names right in his area right now, Michael Pittman, Deontay Johnson, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Marquise Brown, DJ Moore. Okay? Wide receiver 15. If we look at the kickers, 141 points, Nick Folk. That's the same amount of points. That is 30 points higher Ridiculous. than any other kicker. Nick Folk is the wide receiver 15. Abolish In fantasy. Abolish him. He's so good. That's all. That's all I want to say. Oh, there's nothing to like. He's literally my fantasy MVP right now. So we're getting rid of kickers next year? You're asking me if I want to get rid of special teams? Yes. <laughs> That's what's kept me afloat for years. Right. I think Ryan said it. Who's Somebody said it this year, and I haven't stopped thinking about it. I'm like, I would love an extra flex and not a kicker. Yeah. I don't know. We got to stop changing this league, though. Eventually, we're going to tinker until it's, until it's no more. I think we got a great formula right now. I like it. Let's move on. Uh, Rich, nine and three, defeating Mike. He's five and seven. Low scoring matchup, but a dub's a dub. 107 to 79. Mike has lost five in a row. That's not good in a week that we do power rankings, which by the way, we're doing. Oh. He's in sixth place still. Meanwhile, on Rich's side of things, 107 points tones is his lowest point total of the season, but 
Rich still wins. He clinches a playoff spot. Let's talk first about Rich. And there's really one thing to talk about with Rich's team this week, and that's the injuries. Yeah. So let's recap. Dalvin Cook out for a while. Um, Darren Waller also banged up. There was a weird thing about Cook this week. They said week to week, and then Zimmer comes out and says, well, it's actually day to day. That was false. And I'm like, huh? The guy was carted off the field. Yeah. We know for sure that he's... Weird. We know for sure that he's going to miss weeks 13 and 14. That was a Schefter thing. We know that he is going to miss the next two weeks. But that was the report that... Like, that came out after, or before uh, Zimmer said the day-to-day thing. That was the report that he was denying, which is why I was very confused. And I was like, okay, maybe, you know, little mind games here from Zimmer. I don't know. Absolutely weird. I hope they sit him. Yeah. Because, like, don't fucking play the injured guy. Like, it's insane. But they're in a heated playoff race. It's exactly what we talked about with Rich earlier this year. If you consider Rich losing Dalvin Cook earlier in the season, I made a comment on this pod that I don't think Rich gives a shit if Dalvin Cook misses week 7 to 12. Yeah, yeah. He cares if he has him there in the finals. Yes. That's it. Keep him healthy. You don't want Dalvin Cook playing banged up. You want him to be in there 100%. We saw this with Aaron Jones this week. Mm -hmm. What do you do in that situation? That's not good. So let's quickly recap, and I'll ask you a question. Dalvin Cook, hurt, okay? Darren Waller this week, hurt. A, are these a big deal? And B, which one is the bigger deal, if at all? Uh, well, it's tough because he has Madison. So that obviously softens the blow. It does. But here's the thing. I think it is a big deal. Waller, I no, throw it out. I think I honestly think Rich has two better tight ends yes. than Waller on his roster if they're all healthy. I wouldn't start Waller. He'd be the third guy on that list with Hunter Henry and Rob Gronkowski. And Gronkowski being number one. Yeah, right. 15 points, right? He had seven receptions. There's going to be more of that, especially as the teams are playing more meaningful games down the stretch here. And he's got Brady. He has a fucking triple stack. I mean, oh my God. Um, Fucking walking the plank out here. I don't know. I just thought the fucking first pirate thing that came into my head. (laughs) Uh, I'll come up with a better triple stack name next week. Yeah. I do think Cooks is a bit of a bigger deal regardless of Madison because Cook just doesn't have as high a ceiling as Madison. And that's what wins you titles, right? You can have the most perfect team out there, but what makes Dalvin Cook special and why he's a top three fantasy running back for the last several years is he can get you a ridiculous week winning like 45 point performance. You know what I mean? Like as good as Madison is, he can absolutely drop 20s. He does it all the time just based on volume, based on touchdowns and stuff like that. But, like, man, Cook needs to fucking – like, Cook needs to be healthy in the playoffs for him. He needs to be or else – I don't know. But then I'm just thinking – I'm having the debate in my own head here. Is Dalvin Cook his second best running back? He is. He is, but this is – so I, I like what you said, and here's my follow-up, is that it's a big deal because of what we saw with Aaron Jones this week in Green Bay. This is why it's a big deal. Yes, Dalvin Cook – is his second best running back. I agree. In fact, I said two weeks ago on this pod, I think Jonathan Taylor in redraft next year goes first overall. And that doesn't feel like a recency bias thing. It feels like one guy trending up at a time that another guy is trending down. And Cook, there's a reason why Rich was trying to sell him this year. He's clearly getting to a point where he's got a lot of mileage on him, okay? Mm -hmm. But Dalvin Cook cannot go into fantasy playoffs week 15, 16, 17. He cannot do that banged up. He just can't do it. And Rich should be a little concerned about this because Dalvin Cook is not going to be healthy playing in week 15. So if he's not out for the year, 
I actually think that is a worse scenario for Rich than him coming back and being, air quote, healthy. Yeah. Because Taylor can put up 35, but if you're taking on Ryan's team and you get four out of Dalvin Cook in a game that he goes down, that severely lowers the ceiling. That's all I'm going to say about the injury stuff. I think it's a big deal. Um, Moving on. Moving on. I got some stuff with Mike. All right. Evan Ingram, the... Big pickup in the Michael Gallup drop scores a big five points for him this week. That's all I got to say. Well about done. That. That's it. Um, <laughs> the, the Cowboys are stupid because they're playing Zeke when he's hurt. Zeke's been clearly hurt. It's yeah. been several weeks of this. We can see it just watching. He's not the same guy he was in the first few weeks of the season. It drives me nuts that teams fucking do this. Yeah. Shut him down. Like, forget fantasy for a moment. You have a really good backup. Okay. Yeah. His name's fucking A. Oh, Tony Pollard. You know what I'm saying? Um, fucking play Tony Pollard. Rest Zeke for a couple weeks. He comes back. He's healthy for the stretch drive. This is why the Cowboys are going to be fucking a joke in the playoffs. They're going to be one and done. They're going to get bounced. Can't wait to bet against them. It's going to be great. Yeah, just stupid. I don't understand it. Having Zeke in there makes their offense more dynamic. And I'll only I'll no, say, it doesn't. I'll say this: Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott do two different things, right? Pollard runs to the outside. He gives them speed. Zeke runs the ball straight ahead. He gives them extends. Zeke extends drives, right? By plowing forward for a first down. So I don't think you just need to be a big battering ram to get a third and one. I really don't. No, no, no. I understand. I think he just changes their offense for the better when he's in there, but he doesn't change them for the better if he's banged up. That's all. If Tony Pollard played all year and Zeke didn't exist, are the Cowboys the same record or a worse record? Okay. This is the RBs don't matter thing. That's fair. I'd say they have the same record. I Tony Pollard is more than good enough. That's fucking fair. sit Zeke. It's stupid. Only two games over 100 yards a season for Zeke. Yeah, um, he's been weeks, he's been fine. Weeks four and five. Yeah, like he was great at the start of the year, and it just it, it hasn't looked good. All right, Mike drunkenly tells me, well, he wasn't. We weren't drunk yet. I was really drunk, but not at this point. Really excited about these young wide receivers. He was telling me Devontae Smith, Jacoby Myers, Cortland Sutton. And I'm really excited, man. I'm really excited. I don't know. They're all young. They're all good. Why is he this excited? This is like a pretty ragtag group of guys here. Like, I know how you feel about Cortland Sutton. I still believe. Not this year, but I still believe. Jacoby Myers scored his first touchdown in like three years. It took him a while to get it. He finally yeah. gets it last week. He's going to have some nice games down the stretch. Had one this week with 12 points. But, like, that's, like, the norm for him. 12. You're not getting fucking 20. Okay? And Devontae Smith, we all know how I feel about him. Talented player. Marshawn Lattimore literally picked him up last week, (laughs) two weeks ago. Picked him up to tackle him. Yeah, like, corners shouldn't do that to your fucking wide receivers. He's tiny. It doesn't work. Um, Talented, but tiny. Doris, should he be excited or not? No, he shouldn't be excited because none of these guys are keepers. None of them are keepers. There's not even a world in which Cortland Sutton emerges as a keeper for him because they just re-signed Tim Patrick and they have Jerry Judy. You're talking about three talented receivers that do three different things with a quarterback who can't even feed them the ball properly. Oh, and by the way, they're committing to the run. So what the fuck are the Broncos? They're not a passing team. They're a running team. What if they get Aaron Rodgers? 
That'll change things for sure. Can't say that right now, right? So I'm I love Corlin Sutton. I think I don't. Tim Patrick. Who gives a shit about Tim Patrick? Like that guy's fine. more fantasy points than Corlin Sutton over the last five I, weeks. But that's because he's coming off an ACL injury. I understand, but everyone knows you get the guy the year oh. after the ACL injury. Interesting. The Corlin Sutton isn't keeper. I this never year. didn't say that. I said it was about the ceiling and the possibilities. It was better than Mike Davis. Yes, I understand. It wasn't even about better than Mike Davis. To and answer you know your that. question, but, yeah. The only guy I have hopes for in terms of keeper caliber potential here is Devonta Smith. And the only reason I feel that way is because you have to get better quarterback production going into next season than you have out of Jalen Hurts yeah, this year. And, they probably and, I, won't. and I know that Smith is super talented. And if they can Jalen Waddle the shit out of Smith, he can like super gadgety and using him all over the field. He can be a keeper caliber guy. But the Eagles offense has not shown me enough to make me believe that this guy can be that guy. Mm-hmm. But Jacoby Myers, you just said it, doesn't catch his touchdowns. They're a run first team. No. Corlin Sutton, no clue what that guy is. Christian Kirk, is that another guy that he's super excited about? I don't know. He still has Christian Kirk. He in his starting lineup Mama next week. Mia. So to answer your question, I know he's keeping Zeke and he's keeping Derrick Henry. He talks about Cam Akers, who's coming off an Achilles. He better pray that another guy emerges, yeah. but I don't see it for these receivers. And I don't know why you're excited if you're going into probably the loser bracket at this point and you don't even have um, any keeper caliber potential from these receivers. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yep. Rob defeats Franco. Rob is, I can't believe it, 9-3. and three. Franco's 4-8, and 111-74 the final score. Rob has won three straight games, no running backs. He clinches a playoff spot. Franco, meanwhile, three-game win streak is snapped. Franco, making some waiver moves, Tones. Oh, my God, finally. Spent 69, the nicest amount of money on Michael Gallup. Gives him five catches for 106 yards. More than I would have spent on a wide receiver. But hey, I'm just happy for the guy. I'm glad you spent some fab. I was very much ready to rip him. And the final game of the season, when we look down, he sells $97 in the bank or whatever, saving it for literally nothing. Spend that fab. I'm all for it. Do you know why he spent $69? No. He said it in the chat. Oh, he opened, yeah. Mike had, or somebody had 68 or whatever. Ryan had 68. Not a boy, Franco. Bit him. And figuring it out. Franco loves this man, okay? He talked about keeping yeah. him back in 2019. He wanted second round picks for Michael Gallup three him, years ago. I'll never forget it. Him, Chark, and Kirk, I think, was the three. The yeah. big three. I'm convinced that he thought this was a six keeper. It wasn't three. Maybe. That's my guess. Um, positive thing for Franco is Brandon Ayuk, mm-hmm. who has quietly made himself relevant again over the last four weeks or so. Um, here is, as I pull it up, his last four weeks, he has, come on, Yahoo, I believe in you. No, you, you can't believe in Yahoo. 15 points, then, then four. Okay, that's bad. 18 and 11. Mm-hmm. He's getting targets, eight, seven, six in there. He's catching balls. He's got two touchdowns in that span. It looked so bleak heading into their week six bye for this guy. He had double digits once and had like zeros and ones and twos in there. Mm-hmm. And he's quietly kind of emerged out of the shadows to get out of that doghouse. What you want to see for Franco heading into the loser bracket. Don't know if there's keeper potential there. I don't know, but it's it's good if you're looking at it from Franco's standpoint. Yeah. Moving on to Rob for a second. Okay. Here is a stat on Debo Samuel. There's a lot to talk about with Rob's team. Let's start with Debo Samuel. We mentioned the wide receiver running back flex. We won't go into that here when it comes to Debo, but I want to play off of everybody is injured this year with the following, okay? Here's a stat from from Sunday. Debo Samuel now has five rushing touchdowns this season, more than the following running backs. Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, 
Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, David Montgomery, Saquon Barkley. Oh my God, they've all missed time. They've all missed time. They've all had less than five rushing touchdowns. Crazy. That is what this year is. That's wild. So we won't revisit the discussion of Debo for running back flex, but what we will do with Rob is we're going to talk about what's happening with his team right now. Yeah, I'm a little worried about his wide receivers. I think it's worth a discussion, right? Debo's now hurt. We don't know how serious it is. I haven't really kept up with it. Yep. Jamar Chase has cooled off significantly since his hot start. And Evans and DK are just straight up inconsistent. DK did not have a target until the final minute of that game on Monday night, Shocking. which is fucking pathetic. Pete Carroll should have been sent to the moon after that game. Um I know he still has Keenan Allen on the bench here, but you can only start four. So, like, I'm kind of worried about what this actually looks like in the playoffs, right? Because you can't afford to have two of your four guys have, like, five points. You know what I mean? It's just not going to be good enough, especially when you don't have running backs like he does because these guys are still banged up, right? And all it takes is one extra injury there, and then you're toast. Let's talk about the two big ones here. It's Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase. Let's start with Debo. He's expected to miss one to two weeks with a groin injury. Groin injuries linger. Yeah. The next two the weeks. The, the next two weeks are um, regular season fantasy football weeks. If Rob gets that by, Rob doesn't have to worry about Debo in week fifteen. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. just has to worry about him coming back for week sixteen. So even a lingering groin injury could be maybe shaken off by week sixteen. We mentioned that Debo Samuel and Jamar Chase a few weeks ago were the wide receivers two and three respectively in fantasy football. Since then, Debo's kept it up. Jamar Chase hasn't. So now to recap, Debo's out, and Chase, over the last five weeks, looks like this. 11 points, 5 points, by 11 points, 5 points. T. Higgins, we talked about it. We waited for him to heat up. He's been heating up. And Chase has been on the other side of that positive production from T. Higgins. I'm not giving up on Jamar Chase. He's no, a rookie. Of course not. No, He's a rookie. No, no. Yeah. You never know what you're going to expect. When you saw the big point totals, we understood why Rob's ceiling was so high. Mm-hmm. Because no running back production, right? So the pass catchers are doing incredibly well. But now the pass catchers are fading. And I'm not saying they're going to continue to, but we've seen it happen recently. And here's what we're getting out of Saquon Barkley since he's been back. Eight points, six carries in that game. Seven points, 13 carries in that game. 25 rushing yards and 40 rushing yards. So to recap, the pass catchers can't catch. The running backs are non-existent. Rob is fading at the wrong time. He needs these pass catchers to be elite because Saquon, and I ask you, what the hell do we get out of his RB1 apparently for the rest of the season? Because Tones, if it's not a lot, Rob's in trouble. Man, yeah, it's, this is why... Saquon was such a stay away for me in redraft when I was drafting in other leagues. I I just, I didn't want to touch him because I thought a season exactly like this was going to happen where, you know, he comes back from that, from that injury in like what, week six, seven, eight, whatever, gets re-injured, nagging thing here, nagging thing there. The talent is immense. We all know it. It's so ridiculous, but injuries lead to injuries, man. And this guy just keeps tearing shit and it's just not good. And on top of that, the team sucks. Absolute balls. Mike Lennon's now starting. Like, did you see that? I Daniel did. Jones all of a sudden has a week-to-week injury. Came, comes out of nowhere. Okay, great. This team, like, all it takes is one more little injury to Saquon. They shut him down for the year. Yeah. You know what I mean? What do they have to play for? They don't give a fuck. He's their prized possession. Like, 
And honestly, if I were them, I'd fucking trade him, but that's a discussion for a different pod. I don't know. I'm not expecting much from Saquon for the rest of the year. I think he's going to have some pop games, maybe one or two here and there, 15 points, remind you of what he can do. But I think he's a touchdown dependent guy right now. And I think that's all he really is. And if you take the name out of it, if you name him fucking Mike Smith, he's just a guy, you know what I mean? But because he's Saquon Barkley, we all expect way more. We all just think he's going to work out of it. Rob's other running backs. Damian Harris, Dante Foreman, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Chase Edmonds. Those are all the most RB2 names mm. you could possibly mention. Yeah. So without Saquon being the RB1 star, yeah. you're not beating the top teams in the league. It'll be an experiment. Let's see. Let's see if you can win without RBs. Yeah. Um, speaking of RBs, Nick, who loses to you, Tones. Let's go. You're 3-9, and nine, Nick 7-5, and five, 122 to 96. Didn't know you had 122 in you this week. Neither did I. You still have a four-game losing streak, and from Nick's perspective, he's under 100 points for the first time this season, and I had to I had to look at that three times to make sure it was accurate, but alas, crazy. it is. Let's start with Nick and Fournette. I mean, holy Gross. shit. Did, did it hurt? No. Okay. I'll stop you right there. Okay. Absolutely not. I'll Couldn't care less about Fournette. Get him out of my face. Traded him. Never thought of him again. Great pick. Great fight. We shot all should have been on it. I didn't fucking think hard enough about that backfield. Didn't think that he was a, you know, a big no. value in the mid rounds, even though he should have been. It checked so many boxes. Oh my God, this Tampa offense is going to be a machine. They leaned on him in the playoffs last year. Of course he was going to have a good year this year, but Nick, man, this is what he does. He figures out those spots where we're missing, uh, but a great performance from him. Four touchdowns, still only a hundred y- rushing yards. So, you know, it's a little bullshit, but Hey, doesn't matter. 40 points is 40 points. It's very impressive. The fact that, you overcame 40 points. The Crazy. Fact, the fact that Nick's team put up less than 100 with 40% of his production coming from one guy is truly a testament to how bad his team was otherwise this week. It's so true. And I love seeing, like, every time guys have these kinds of performances, like, you always see on Twitter, like, prayers up if you're, yes. you know, if you're going up against Fournette and Fantasy, and I'm just like, amateurs. Listen, don't worry about it. Van Jefferson's going to carry the squad. We're going to be fine. Unreal. What that a weird is, week. That is a tough week because the only other guy on Nick's team in double digits was Justin Jefferson. Yeah. With 11 points. Who's been amazing. Everyone was truly terrible, um, including Cam Newton, who was benched. So there you go. Um, another guy, quarterback, not named Sam Darnold, benched this year, there starting for a team. Twice in a year. Congrats. Um, You're not the only one. But it's another Carolina Panther that you want to discuss Man, here. the CMC injury. How do we not talk about it? I He's know. injured again. Like, you just have to ask it. Like, it happens again. I'm just like, what the fuck does Nick do with this guy? At this point in time, like, how how is he feeling? I know it's his boy. I know he's got the jerseys. He's got the fucking candles lit. Probably jerks off to him at night. Like, you know, it's great. Classic, yeah. That's great. You know, like he's got nice muscles, you know, whatever. Like, how can you go forward with him confidently at this moment in time? I know he's amazing. We all see it. But like health is a skill, I think. And like if you can't be on the fucking field, it's zero points. So I don't give a shit about 22 without a touchdown four times a year. I don't want that. No one fucking wants that. Like... 
I don't know what he does with this guy moving forward. I really don't. Like, what would you do if you're him? Well, you have to keep him because he could be potentially the RB1 on of any course. given year and yeah, he's still yeah. young enough. So he's obviously keeping him. I think the question evolves into what does he do throughout next season, especially if this guy strings together four healthy and productive double-digit 20-point weeks into next season? Because mm-hmm. then you have to ask yourself the question, is this just a mirage or should I capitalize on this investment while I have the opportunity to do so, right? Yep. Do you let the stars die on your team the way that I've done, the way that Mike has vowed to let happen with mm-hmm. Zeke and with mm-hmm. Henry? Or do you do what Rich did coming into this year by trying to shop the Dalvin Cook, who, by the way, may end up fucking him in the fantasy yeah. playoffs. Let's just throw that out yeah. there. And then it goes to what's the price? Who's willing to pay for that guy? And we won't speculate more on that because everybody has their own prices and costs. So we'll just leave that there. But you have to, even as emotional as we now know that Nick is, because he's clearly so emotional about his players, you have to consider what the future is there. You really do. You can't just go into next season thing like everything's going to be fine. This is fine. The room is burning around you if you're a Christian McCaffrey owner. Part of me wishes the deadline hadn't passed yet. I agree. Because I'd be very curious yeah. to see if like psychopaths like Dan put together some like ungodly package to pry CMC away. Well, if, I don't know. I'll say this. If, if McCaffrey was owned by Dan and this injury happened a few weeks ago, oh, toast. you better believe no, he it. He would have been gone last year. 100%. I bet. Last year, I bet you he would have been gone. And we all would have thought he's fucking crazy. And then history shows, right? Like him trading Michael Thomas seemed fucking crazy. Look at him now. We haven't seen Michael Thomas in like two and a half years. And he trades for Nick Chubb and Chubb basically looked at as a top five running back at this point in the league, very underrated top five running back in the league. But yes. when you look at it as, oh my God, I have Chubb and McCaffrey. It's like mind bogglingly good, right? Yeah. Now, if McCaffrey doesn't play, Chubb is still good, but then you have to fill that hole somewhere else. So I, I will just leave that there. He's very well set up. He's got Jefferson, McCaffrey, Chubb moving forward, but we'll see what happens with McCaffrey going into next season. Doors. As I've stated many times, yeah. fantasy is fucking stupid. This oh, yeah. is reason number like 188. Van Jefferson, Nick Westbrook Hakine, and Russell Gage wow. were my starting three wide receivers. I had Donovan Peoples Jones in the flex. We'll talk about him in a minute. Those three guys I just named were actually quite productive 16, 9, and 15 points. What the fuck is the point of like any of this? Dude. We're just throwing darts at a wall and hoping to God it pays. All three of those guys outscored Michael Pittman and Mike Williams. I haven't heard of two of these guys <laughs> until fucking last offseason. Westbrook Akina, I'm convinced, is like a made up creative yeah, player. He's fake. In like year eight of your Madden franchise mode. Like, yeah. you know, like there's. N- he made like two catches. I'm like, oh, that's his jersey number. Okay, cool. Like, there he is. Ridiculous, man. Literally so in stupid. one week, that Tennessee receiver gave you more than you've gotten out of A.J. Brown this year. Stop. A.J. Brown's had good weeks. Get I'm out of here. Lost season, lost year's season for him. Three yeah. and four weeks ago, your boy Nick Westbrook put up uh, one point and then one point. Two weeks ago, your boy Russell Gage put up zero. Zero. For the second time this season. And here they are um, having nice. excellent, excellent games for you. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. DeAndre Swift. <laughs> Man, what a shame. But Gibson, though, healthy, getting work, loved it. Yeah, that Swift, Swift sucked. And it. hopefully it's only a week or two because yeah. I just want to see him. I honestly just want to see him play. I Like, I have nothing I to play for for the rest I of the year. just want to see him play. In this game, I was excited for him. I thought he was going to have a nice game. He had three receptions in, like, the first quarter alone. And I'm like, 
man, this guy is like, you know, it was an island game. It was the Thanksgiving game, one of the Thanksgiving games. And I was excited to watch him play, man. And now it's just like, what is the point of watching the Lions? <laughs> like, oh my God, they're Poor just Dan. terrible. Yeah, I feel bad for Dan, but. You mentioned Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah, DPJ. We slandered Mike Dotto on this program, um, talking about starting Jarvis Landry in his flex spot and how it was really dumb and how the Browns offense is so not Jarvis Landry. They're doing different things. They're running the ball. Well, you know what, Tones? I'll tell you what the Browns aren't. They're not what Donovan Peoples-Jones is. Yeah. They are not chucking deep shots to this guy. This guy's getting like three targets a game. All of them are so off. And the targets, you know, we air quote the targets. They're not even fucking close. Yeah. He's catching a ball here and there. So this is just a justification. Fuck you from Mike Dotto saying, yeah, you slandered my guy. Well, how about this? Fuck your guy. Hey, it's Take all that. good. That's all I was all. hoping for was the 70 yard bomb. That's it. And I they've understand. connected on it a handful of times. I don't know. Honestly, I kind of forgot I even started him. I'll be honest. I kind of forgot I even started him. You told me AJ that you- Brown, AJ Brown goes on IR, shockingly. Yeah. On like fucking Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. And then Tony, who was like questionable all week, now not playing. And I'm just like, I don't even know what like what to do. I'm just like, here's a receiver that is healthy on my fucking team right now and I just slotted him in. <laughs> Honestly didn't even look at it until Sunday sure. afternoon. I swear to God. Yeah. Like I just looked like really quickly, half asleep, made sure I had a full lineup on Sunday morning. Didn't even think twice about it. I'm on to other leagues, man. I'm out this year. I, well, I mean, at least you didn't start Tyler Johnson, who, by no. the way, again, only caught one ball this week. Um I what have a, a stud sug- though. I have a suggestion for you. Two sport athlete. Drop yeah, him. Drop, drop Tyler Johnson. No. Okay. You need him. Yeah, he's going to be great. Okay. Um, last thing I'll say, complimentary to you, Tones, and that's the Gibson-McKissick flex option could be <laughs> unbelievable. Now, RIP. I know McKissick, it looked bad. Yeah. He's in concussion protocol. He's probably going to miss a week, but could be back in week 14 for the end of the fantasy regular season. I suggest to you a double RB start nah. of McKissick and it could be your best option. It's on it by that point. It's going to be my only option. I'm probably starting Matt fucking burrito this week, but like, no, nah, I'm not doing it unless I'm absolutely forced to do it. It's not happening. They both had the exact same amount of points this week. 20.1. How about that? Eh? So how do you not start them? I say do it for the content. Gibson had seven receptions this week, this week, like McKissick's old news, man. He's dead. All right. He's dead. I leave it there. I'm not doing it. Tones. Can't do it. Do you know what it's time for? Oh, yeah. The power rankings. We're back. I feel like people have forgotten about this. The last four weeks of fantasy have taken years off of people's oh lives. Every every week seems like it's like three weeks. Long. Yeah. Like, it's just so much happening. There's yeah. so many injuries. It's just a mess. So here we are. The last time we did this was week eight. Let's recap with where we were at the time. Franco clocking in at 10. Alex, nine. CRG, eight. Tones was in seventh. That's about to change. <laughs> Dan... Was in sixth. That's about to change. Uh, Mike, then Nick, then Rob, Rich, and Ryan was number one the last time we checked in. So, let's do it, Tones. Here we go. I will start with number 10. Tones, you're last. Dead last. You're down three. Right where I should be. Not a good spot for you. The 122 is nice, but the team looks bad. You just mentioned your receiving core. We leave it there. Who's next? Pathetic. Franco, up one spot. Congrats. He's in ninth. Dan oh, is in eighth. Oh! We went back and forth on this one a couple times, Tones, and we decided that Dan has been so horrible. Stinks. Just absolutely horrible. 
He's trending in the wrong direction. He's hardly cracking 100 points with a roster that is supposed to compete for and then win playoff games. From week seven on, 112, 88, 102, 110, 96, 108, and two wins in that stretch. One of them was against me, in which I put 76 points up, so. It's bad. It's just fucking bad, you know? Like, it's just not that... You cannot tell me that point output and be like, where's this guy? Where is this guy in the standings right now? I'd be like eighth. Literally, I'd be like eighth, ninth. You know what I mean? Like, he's in the loser bracket. Trash. Well, when you look at the points scored for Dan, and this is a big one, 1392, okay? Perspective, my team is less than 50 points behind him. Unreal. I sold in week four. My entire starting roster was sold, minus a couple pieces, okay? Dan's in eighth. That sucks. Moving on. All right, Mike. He's seventh, down two, which means, Doris, you're moving up, buddy. I'm moving up. Three spots. Time. Sixth, but you have zero chance of making the playoffs. That's a shame. People need to understand, this isn't standings. This is power rankings. I feel powerful. Totally different thing. You shouldn't. It's sixth. Make her relax. Okay. Uh, number five, Doris. Nick Dotto is down one. Seems like the appropriate place for him, but the real interesting thing here is that Genera, who was formerly in eighth, now moves up a huge four places and ahead of Nick. Mm. Now look, Nick just lost McCaffrey. Yeah. His biggest point score this year, uh, this past week, was not that high of a point score. I mean, other than other Fournette, than Fournette. Yeah, was yeah. Jefferson with 13, and otherwise it was single digits. Nick trending in the wrong direction. Meanwhile, Gennaro's losing out here with 149, putting up 181 plus last week. The two big pillars of Nick's team, as we all knew all season long, was Christian McCaffrey, yeah. and half, for the first half of the year was Mike fucking Williams. Mm. Those were the guys that were elevating him. The Jeffersons and those guys, yeah, they get you. They get you to like a 500 record, right? But it's the other guys, the steals of the draft that the were fucking, booms. yeah, getting you up there. The big boombas. The big boombas. Hey, yo, hey, yo. All right, top three. Roberto, staying where he is, third place. But number two is where shit gets real. Yeah, and, and for Rob, it seems very appropriate. He's kind of sandwiched in between these like other tiered guys. And yeah, shit gets real because we have a new number one. Oh! With Rich Ben up one to number one and Ryan down one to number two thoughts on our uh thought process here tones rich gives great hugs okay so he's that's number it. one for that end of story it's pretty simple yeah. that's not jonathan taylor is the best player in fantasy <laughs> and that's just what it is man and like it's not a knock on ryan his team's still very good as we all know but rich has just been unfucking believable and i look at his team and i see league fucking winners and that's not to say that cooper cup isn't a league winner but it's just i just think he has a higher ceiling right now than ryan Maybe I'm wrong in a few weeks. We'll find out. I can't wait to watch it play out. For like the fourth straight week, we almost dropped a microphone, but you just made such a recovery. Did you see that? reflexes like that, that of a cheetah? Incredible. Um, Rich has won three in a row. Rob has also won three in a row, but Rich has won three in a row. Yeah. Um, and he has Jonathan Taylor. That's all he that has Jonathan Taylor. That's literally all I care about. That's right. Marquee time. Well, speaking of Rich, why don't you take first marquee? Yeah, it's Rich versus Rob. Two nine and three teams. This is pretty simple. Who wants a buy? Battle for the outright lead for the two seed. And if things go a certain way and I come out on top against Ryan, the one seed could be in reach. I'm not going to beat Ryan. I had I'm, do I, I don't even know if I have four healthy receivers. This is pathetic. I don't even know if I have two healthy running backs. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, it's fucking brutal. This I is already a- know that Wednesday questionable 
uh, Gibson yeah. was limited in practice is going to give me a fucking heart attack. I already know it's coming. Um, wait, it already happened. It's fucking Wednesday. Shit, I haven't looked. Anyway, um, big measuring stick yeah. for Rob. Let's see how big your dick is. Can you hang with the big boys? You know, yeah. this is a big one. Yeah. If Rob loses, he's exactly the team I thought he was. Great third or fourth place team. You don't want to finish third and fourth in fantasy. You just don't. You don't. And you're playing for the bye. With the same record, Rich's points for have him elevated above Rob, which means if Rich wins this week, he all but guarantees that he is the bye week team. Mm-hmm. Rob needs to beat Rich, and then he needs to either lose with Rich in week in, in the final week of the regular season or win out because that's how he claims that bye. He's yeah. not doing it without beating Rich this week. And he badly needs it. Absolutely. Um, mine is a little unconventional because Mike at five and seven is in the marquee with Dan, who's five and seven in tones. It's not the sexiest on paper matchup, but this is Dan's season right here. If he loses, he's likely out of the playoffs because of the points for situation, because of Genera's schedule. He's got Franco next week. Christian does. If Mike beats Dan and goes up a game on him with Genera, Likely, but not guaranteed to beat Franco this week. Dan falls then a game back of two guys heading into the final week of the regular season without the points for advantage there. That is a big problem. Mike still has points for somehow on Dan. Crazy. This is it, man. This is it. And by the way, I don't know if anyone's heard this yet. I don't know if Dan knows this, but he doesn't have any picks until the sixth round. Have, I, have we talked about that before? No, no, no. I don't enough. think we've mentioned Probably it. Probably not enough. This is it. This is Dan's season. End of story. Those are the marquees. This was... Week 12, episode 66. Tones, we are... Oh, Mario Lemieux. We are, yeah, we are um, only three weeks away from episode 69. (laughs) Do we have any big plans for episode 69? (laughs) No G-rated ones, I'll tell you that much. That's for damn sure. That'll be the first week of the playoffs um, in which two teams will be eliminated. Only two teams that week will be... Remember what happened last year when you and I were the only teams eliminated in that one week? Oh, no yeah. No one else was eliminated? Yeah. Well, that'll be week 15 this year. And it's also episode 69. I'm not making suggestions, but we could have fun there. I mean... We could. They could have fun there. I mean... Who knows who it's going to be? They. They have a big stranglehold on our league. The they? Is it Mike's they? Mike's they. Mike's they. Um, Tones, it's like waivers in two hours. Oh, gross. I don't even think I said anyone. You should put your claims in, man. No, it's not. We already did waivers, you banana. What day is it? It's fucking Wednesday. Wow. What are you doing? This is staying in. And we just said 30 minutes ago how locked in you are. I rescind the comment. <laughs> I rescind. I'm a joke. And do your